Welcome to Farmer Talk Radio. I'm Danny McCarthy. With pharma's focus on the extension of drug release windows, there comes the exploration of technologies that can lengthen the duration of release. Today, my guest is Zach Fletcher, Business Development Manager of Implantable Drug Delivery and Combo Products at Trelleborg Healthcare and Medical. He'll provide an insight into long-acting implantables and polymeric drug delivery. We'll be discussing current and future applications, top concerns from pharma, scalability, and delve a little bit into the challenges of reimbursement. Welcome, Zach. Thank you for being here. Yeah, of course, Danny. It's great to meet and chat with you a little bit here today. So what do we mean exactly when we talk about, quote unquote, implantable drug technology? So we talk about implantable drug delivery. It really is just the combination of a polymeric carrier in a solid form with a a drug. It does take a solid form. And so uh, it is implanted into the patient commonly for just an extended release window. Commonly, we're talking about a couple of different excipient materials in there as well. The one we work with the most is silicone, but there are other biodurable materials as well as bioabsorbable materials that kind of have their place within the space there as well. You know, they are distinct from something like an, a long-acting injectable, just because that can be done as an injection and you've got maybe shorter drug delivery windows there. Maybe you go, only go up to about six months, whereas implantables, there are systems in the market today where you can get up to about a seven-year drug delivery window. You've already highlighted extending the drug delivery window. What else makes this appealing as an option when there is something like a long-acting injectable? Yeah, so obviously extended release is going to be massive there. Um, It provides the greatest opportunity to really extend the release window of those drugs. Um, But there's other benefits as well, uh, such as just minimizing uh, patient compliance risks. We can look at that and say, you know, there's a need for patients in many conditions, many situations to take a medication daily. And that can be problematic, maybe from the standpoint of um, it can be missed uh, or it it may commonly be missed. Or, you know, maybe there are bigger implications to missing that, you know, once or twice. Right. So uh, being able to sidestep those and find a solution where. You don't have to rely on the patient uh, so much to take the medication that they need to address their condition. The other one is um, really just more of a trend towards targeted delivery. So if you can put the drug that you're trying to deliver to the body in a very specific place, there's going to be some big benefits there. Being able to deliver that because it's difficult to deliver the drug systematically, uh, maybe you can deliver that drug to the area of the body where it needs it. Uh, to greater effect, uh, or there may be the opportunity to minimize the dosage because you're putting that drug directly where it needs to be, which will allow for really a minimization of different side effects. What indications is this already being used in? The main areas that are really using it today are uh, contraceptives is a pretty common one talked about here, either the inner uterine systems or the in-arm implants. Uh, those are two great examples of um, the kinds of technologies we're talking about here. Um, there's also a really strong use of this technology in different ocular applications as well. But we're also seeing a good bit of momentum building up in the oncology space. So cancer treatments are 
sort of gravitating towards these therapies as well. We're also seeing some development in the animal health space as well. So uh, those are the four main areas where we're seeing a lot of that activity, uh, just as far as indications and um, the kinds of products being developed. What does an implantable delivery option look like on the patient side? You know, the vision that we'd really be chasing with patients here is the opportunity to maybe return to what life was like before a chronic condition affected their lives. And so if, if you no longer have to take a daily pill or you no longer have to go in, you know, once or twice a week to see your care providers, you can kind of return to a normal life or as close as, as you could uh, before this this condition. So as you move more towards these extended release solutions, you're able to provide that more and more to the patient. And so from their standpoint, you know, it makes a, a ton of sense. They would choose it because they have that ability to kind of, you know, spend less time thinking about, you know, what's going on with their body and more time just living life. And from the pharma perspective, maybe the, the sponsors out there, you know, I think there's a, a great benefit to be able to support patients, certainly in uh, living their lives in that way. But I think also there's several of these applications that we've talked about where there's been quite a bit of success with those products as well. And so for many different reasons, I think it makes a lot of sense. And uh, I really think that's why we're seeing a big trend and push towards these kinds of products. Can you walk us through how you work with a sponsor who is considering this for a drug in their portfolio? I would say that first, the pharma sponsors out there should maybe be thinking about some of these um, industry trends and really how they've affected their space, right? So that's maybe the first question to kind of ask. Uh, are are those those trends affecting us today? And then if yes or no, also think about, could I create a competitive advantage if we can address those within my space? And so, you know, I, I think that really is where we have some of those conversations, uh, just as far as looking for the right indications or, um, you know, trying to find something that will actually work within the space. Uh, and for our part, you know, how we are typically starting those questions is if there is in interest in exploring this, our team will engage ideally in the very early stages to help design some of the feasibility studies uh, that'll be important in just, you know, those first attempts at combining the drug and uh, the excipient material together, some of these polymeric systems together, to then proceed through a manufacturing process and evaluate, uh, get a body of data from the drug as it releases out of the system, and is that ideal for the patient? And from there, we're able to make modifications and you know continue to improve that system as we continue to explore it further. And you know, fast forward further uh, into the process, it, we're uniquely positioned, I think, as well to uh, be able to provide solutions for scaling up some of these manufacturing processes as well. We come from MedDevice. We're very well in tune with how to actually evolve silicone or other plastic manufacturing processes, introduce automation, those sorts of things. So um, we're very well positioned to be able to help with that scale up and you know, really support that push towards a production product being on the market. What forms of drugs are you most commonly seeing either in your work or kind of as larger trends moving into an implantable format? There isn't any one way. I think, you know, for example, I'm looking 
at some of the applications that are out there today um, for new opportunity as th those areas where we've seen kind of this trend from a once daily pill into you know delivery of a drug for a week multiple weeks into months right maybe a great example of that would be some of the neuroscience drugs out there involved in schizophrenia we saw the very you know beginning of that industry really start with um, you know once daily pill uh, because of some of the the challenges with patient compliance that are unique to that space We've then seen once weekly injections into uh, now the the therapies are um, you know at most being injected for a six month delivery window. So that kind of space is where I look at and say, okay, naturally, um, that's not a, a condition that's really going away. We've seen that trend from a shorter term uh, solution towards longer term solutions. That's a great area where we may actually see that make the jump into an implantable drug delivery system. Other ones such as diabetes are a great example uh, where, you know, again, we're seeing that industry kind of start in the once daily pills uh, side of things and now moving into, you know, a couple weeks for some of the, not insulin, but other therapies uh, that are being used in that space. And so, when we think about the applications that may gravitate towards it, I think those drugs have proven that they can be delivered in a couple different forms. I think it warrants some exploration. What do you find to be the biggest misconception about long-acting implantables when you're talking to a potential partner? I might reposition it as potentially areas of development for the space, right? So it's still so very young, I think. And so there's going to be quite a bit um, that we still have to learn. So uh, if folks are kind of looking at the space as you know something that's down to a science at this point, I might characterize that as a misconception. In many of these situations, we do really have to learn about what are the right polymers to combine uh, with specific drug compounds and other formulation methods as well. So you know, there are existing dominant methods in the space today, which is just combining the two raw materials together and proceeding through manufacturing. Our team is actually exploring alternative methods because uh, there could be reasons where, why the drug may not work within the space. And so those also aren't down to a science. And, and there are certainly other ways that we can find to introduce or combine both of these uh, materials together. And so that's really what I would say. It's it's not really uh, down to a science at this point. I think uh, you know there's still a, a process that we have to go through in combining some of these materials together, doing some of those early feasibility studies, collecting that body of data, and then taking learnings from it and designing another experiment or two to really really flush out the the process. Can you walk us through the possible manufacturing and scalability challenges? Yeah. So I. You know, I think the the materials that you're working with, uh, the polymers, are somewhat unique. Uh, so if we're just talking the pharma space, you know, coming from a lot of the oral delivery systems, the oral excipients and the other injectable excipients, you have other concerns. And so commonly what we'll see with some of the projects that we uh, have been involved in is, you know, the, the very early iterations of these manufacturing processes include a lot of manual steps, right? Uh, because they started at small scale uh, and you know, we're just trying to learn um, you know, what's gonna work. How are we gonna get the right amount of drug in and, and those sorts of things. So 
when we think about scalability and start talking about the kinds of volumes that we need to produce, it becomes you know a bit of a conversation around the right manufacturing process. Uh, how do we drive out some of those manual steps that are involved? How do we look to automate? Um, so that could be you know changes to how the product is produced, um, how it's put into its final form. It could come come down to potential changes in um, how we're introducing that drug into the system. Uh, and then also, you know, as, as we look to really, really scale things up, um, there's not as much of a, um, a knowledge of the how we've automated, uh, how we can automate for, you know, these systems to really ramp up to the volumes that we really will need or we anticipate the market will will require. So those are a lot of the, the challenges. And again, I think Trelleborg, just because we come from the med device space. We come from, you know, formulating plastics into their final form. Uh, we've got a lot to to offer uh, to those customers as they explore this new space. What is Trelleborg's history in this space? Trelleborg's been around since the very early 1900s and has been in many different spaces. We got into the healthcare and medical space a little over 10 years ago. And that's really been mostly in the medical device space. Our background being in manufactured plastics and those sorts of things um, does uniquely position us here. So, you know, we've got a history of actually being in the combination device space. Uh, so when we talk about combination devices, that's somewhat unique from what we're talking about with implantable drug delivery and that there's a, a medical device device component to that. And so, you know, whether the medical device is really the primary mode of action or the drug is the primary mode of action, those have been kind of where we really got our start and a taste for the industry. But as we go forward, you know, the potential really exists in these kind of implantable drug delivery systems uh, and, and using this uh, method to deliver the drug for a longer period of time. And so, you know, a lot of the work that we had done in the in the past with medical device, and again, manufactured those plastics and other silicones uh, materials, really does provide a unique launching point for us to get into providing some expertise and how to manufacture these drug delivery forms as well. And in your work, are most of the molecules you're dealing with? or reformulations, or are some drugs that companies have been having a difficult time to deliver at all? Much of what we've done so far has been taking drugs that exist in the market, have been delivered in different ways, uh, and now this is a new drug delivery vehicle. Since we're reformulating a lot of these existing drugs, we're starting commonly with, we've, we've worked exclusively with small molecule drugs, and many times that's been in a powder form. So as we move forward, there may be potential for us to develop a drug delivery mechanism like this for novel drugs that isn't necessarily off the table. You know, that's what we'll um, we'll definitely be able to do that as we move everything forward. Um, but we'll, we'll, you know, one of the big factors will be, can we get some of these drugs into a powder form. That's kind of where the existing therapies really have been formulated out of our powder form drugs. And again, that typically points us to smaller molecule drugs. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we we can't formulate in a you know a, a larger molecule drug as well. Again, if it can be produced um, or provided in a raw material that's powder form, 
uh, that's going to provide some advantages and some opportunity. But even liquid form drug could hypothetically be combined with some of these materials and uh, formulated into a final form. Are there concerns around reimbursement potentially? And if yes, how would you address something like that? I can't say that I directly have uh, experience there, but I do see this as a, a very critical area for the field. Progress has been made in looking at alternative you know, reimbursement structures for these therapies, but we really are coming from a place where the system wasn't really built for longer term dosage forms. Uh, that wasn't what they had in mind when, when these systems were typically built. So we really have to look for ways to you know, put greater value on longer term therapies, uh, you know, really being provided to patients. Um, and we'll be eager to see, you know, what payers do to kind of evolve with this trend. Today, a lot of what's happening is, you know, a flat rate being paid for a procedure. And so uh, if we're introducing a much longer term solution for the patient, there should be value there. The hope would be that as we see, you know, how much longer these solutions being put in place really provide the therapy to the patient, we should see a respective change in, in how those uh, those products are reimbursed. Because um, you wouldn't want to create a, a situation where, you know, a clinic or a hospital kind of has to make some difficult decisions about what's right for the patient and you know, what's right for their business as well. From your vantage point, what do you anticipate for future development and applications of implantable drug delivery technology? It's an exciting time for us. I think, you know, there's a huge opportunity for growth in the short term and obviously in the long term as well. And just looking at what the industry expects, um, you know, implantable drug delivery systems is expected to grow at about a 10% clip in the next couple of years here. So that says to me that, um, you know, the existing in-market therapies are continuing to grab market share and uh, have success. And, um, you know, obviously we anticipate that there are going to be new use cases that are also going to be emerging as we move forward. So, you know, that's that's certainly one thing I think, you know, we've touched on the combination and product space as well. I mean, that's also got a pretty high growth rate. So I think just the, the technologies at the core of, um, you know, this area, this space uh, really are going to uh, support a big amount of growth. And that's really what has Trelleborg most excited, um, you know, to be able to support this space, just to be able to provide some of those unique solutions to customers, uh, to patients, and, you know, help them move to a, a much uh, lower level of maintenance for uh, some of the, you know, challenging chronic conditions that uh, folks face today. And finally, before we wrap up this conversation, how do potential patients feel about this? I mean, what can we expect for the future? If we're talking about, you know, putting something in place that is going to deliver therapy for many years, I think from the patient standpoint, you know, there's, there's going to be benefit to that and patients are going to gravitate towards that if, again, it's much less maintenance for them. Thank you so much, Zach. Again, my guest is Zach Fletcher, Business Development Manager, Implantable Drug Delivery and Combo Products at Trelleborg Healthcare and Medical. He's given us his insight into long-acting implantables and polymeric drug delivery. For more information on PharmaTalk Radio podcasts, you can visit theconferenceforum.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you.